0: Last week we talked about the fifth way, and of course people who listen to the podcast don't know that because we didn't make that fifth way discussion talk available to them. And one of the reasons we didn't make it available to them was that I screwed up. I gave ten precepts when what I was supposed to do was turn the page over. This is the very sheet of paper I had last week, and the other five were on the back side of it. That's how familiar I was and am with The whole concept of the fifth way is not very familiar at all, actually, if I couldn't tell the difference between 10 and 15 precepts, but that's neither here nor there. It's said that self-remembering gives a shock to the whole being, feeding better food to the body's cells. When I say it's said, I mean, that's what people in the fourth way say. I don't really know what that means. And I don't know that I have to know what it means to know that it works that way or it doesn't work that way. I don't have to know how many molecules of oxygen are in the air in order to breathe it and to be benefited by it. I don't have to know that if there's more oxygen, although I happen to know that if there's more oxygen in the air, then it's easier to oxygenate the blood. It's easier to do things that you would find more difficult with less oxygen. So in a sense, self-remembering is like that. It gives a shock to the whole being, feeding better food to the body's cells, but it does more than that, a lot more than that. Ordinarily, we don't give this shock, so it's called the first conscious shock in the work. For most, it must be done deliberately. I say for most it must be done deliberately because I have experienced the first conscious shock not deliberately, it just happened. Now, there are two ways to look at this not deliberately. One way is to say, well, you didn't do anything to deliberately cause it right now, so therefore it's not deliberate. That's that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is if it happened, it is intentional and it is deliberate. It's just that you don't know where the cause is. You cannot trace back this event to its cause. Because its cause may not be just in one moment. I- imagine if you will a landslide or an avalanche. Well, what caused the landslide? Well, you could say, well, this squirrel was running up there gathering nuts, and it dropped one and it fell down and it kicked loose a little rock, and that little rock kicked loose a bigger rock, and that bigger rock kicked, and it hit this boulder, it was just hanging, and then the whole thing broke loose and fell down. You could say that. You could say, well, the squirrel caused it. You could also say, well, gravity caused it. You could say, well, it was the rains that undermined what was holding that boulder in place. And so that that could kick loose so easily. You could say a lot of things. And the truth would be all of those things took part in the cause of it. So ordinarily, we don't give this shock called the first conscious shock to ourselves. It's got to be done deliberately. But we don't know what deliberately means. Does it mean that this is what you want? Does it mean that this is your intention? Does, this, does it mean that this is your wish? Does, this, does it mean that this is your heart's desire? Does it mean that you can come back to this again and again, that this is becoming so big, this desire is becoming so big in your life, you're starting to see more and more of what you are and who you are, and it's so discouraging, and it can be so depressing, and it can be so demoralizing that from that pressure of seeing who and what you are, there's a a groaning and a crying from deep within yourself that just says, I long to be free of this. I long to be different. I long to not be dragged around by the things that happen to me in life. I long to be able to just respond from the highest and best place in me instead of constantly responding from these little mechanical selfish eyes. So I see by the looks on your faces that that's what you want. And this is the right place for you because that's what we are about. We're not about lying about it and we're not about posing about it. At least I'm not. I cannot do this. But I don't have to. All I have to do is wish it. All I have to do is desire it. All I have to do is what is given me to do today. I woke up this morning. I had a dream last night. I woke up this morning and it was an ugly dream. I responded poorly to something in the dream. And I woke up feeling dirty. It's the best way to put it, just dirty. And I don't mean dirty in a moral sense. I mean dirty in just a regular sense. I just didn't feel clean. I felt like I had been contaminated. I felt like somebody had just kind of kicked dirt in the snow. You know, the snow was just nice and pure and white and beautiful. And and somebody just kind of kicked dirt in it or something fell in it and it wasn't anymore. And so I felt like that. I felt kind of like that. But the the thing is about us and the... The difference between us and the snow is we can do something about purifying ourselves. And the snow really can't do much of anything at all. It has to wait to be acted upon by something from outside itself. But we can generate a wish, a desire, a heartfelt desire within our own being that can bring help from higher, from outside of us, from better places inside of us as well. So when I woke up, I acknowledged. That's all. I just acknowledged how I felt. I feel dirty. I I feel like I didn't respond well. And of course it's just a dream, but where did the dream come from? Well, it came from inside of me. So if that response is possible in a dream, that response is also possible anytime in life because the dream came from within me and how I respond or react in life also comes from within me. So to push this dream aside and say, well it's just a dream, is pushing aside an opportunity to see part of myself that's dark it may not be pleasant to look at it, especially if you have an idea that you're better than that. Oh, well, I thought I could do better than that. Yeah, so? Well, so I won't look at that then because it tells me that I can't do as well as I thought I did. Or if your real heartfelt desire and wish is to be different, then you accept it. And you say, well, okay, that's, that's me. That's, I can still do that. Is that okay with me? And the answer is, yeah, that's okay with me. I, I don't mind having that inside of me. I don't mind having that inside of me. Now, that I don't mind having it inside of me and I can see it, I can choose to act from it or to not act from it. It's when I can't see it inside of myself that I have no choice about acting from it or not acting from it. That's why it's so easy for us to give advice to other people. We can, we're can, we not in what they're in, so we can see easily what it is that they're in. So we can see it so easily. They don't they don't see it necessarily because they're in it or in the grips of it, and, but we can see it so easily and we're not in the grips of it. Our dog's not in that fight, so we're not upset we say, well, why don't you just let it go? And of course, they could just as easily say, well, when you're in it, why don't you just let it go? And the answer is, first of all, we shouldn't be giving advice to people. We we'll don't go around telling people what they should. Well, why don't you just let it go? Why don't you just go pound sand of a rat hole is what you usually get back because people don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear, look, it's easy. You're the problem. What they want to hear is, I understand. And I'm with you in this. That's what they want to hear. Isn't that what you want to hear? Look, I understand what you're going through. I've been through that, and I'll, I'll, I'll go through it again. But I'll tell you this: you're not going to go through it alone. Not as long as I'm around, you're not alone. There are other people who want what you want. That's what brought us together. Now, the first mechanical shock that we receive is breathing. It shocks the food octave. Now, I'll, I'll give you the numbers because that's what the fourth way people do. They give you the numbers, and you can do whatever you want with the numbers. They can act as it can act as a reference for you. So you have hydrogen 768. Well, that is what that is is food just basic food put into your body, potatoes, grilled cheese sandwiches, French fries, whatever, you know, Big Mac, whatever. I don't know. Whatever it is you put into your body, that's hydrogen 768. You know, the work doesn't really say, well, well, if it's organic and it's lower on the food chain, it's hydrogen 760. You know, it doesn't say any of that. It just, it just gives you a general thing because it's really not the idea of it. The, not, the idea isn't to pick nits about this. The idea is to just give you a general feel for what happens in us. So we take food in 768 and it mixes with water and saliva and enzymes and all of the things in our body that that is a chemical factory and it begins to break it down. It can only break it down so far. It breaks it down to a liquid state. But if we don't have the shock of air it can't go beyond a certain point. It needs air at a certain point to be able to break it down properly and to carry it throughout the body properly. So air becomes the first mechanical shock that we have to have. Now we're not talking about the first mechanical shock when we're talking about self-remembering because self-remembering is the first conscious shock. It appears we must learn what it means to remember ourselves by practicing it at least once a day and more if possible. I say it appears this way because there are people who are born wide awake and stay wide awake through all of life. There are people who spontaneously wake up in life. Admittedly, this is not the normal way that it happens, but it does happen. And if people do know why, they can't explain it to the people who don't know why. I'm satisfied with what I know about it to say that it happens and it's not an accident. I don't have any desire to try and explain it to someone who doesn't understand it. And there's a reason for that, because it can't be explained to someone who doesn't understand it. And so it's futile. It's annoying. It's like, uh, I think, Robert Heinlein said, don't try and teach a pig to sing. It's futile, and it annoys the pig. Something like that. And I think it was Heinlein. What I've come to understand is that it is futile. You can't make someone understand. And it really does begin to annoy them. Not that people who don't understand are pigs any more than all the rest of us. The idea is, if you don't understand, you don't understand until you do understand so work on what you can work on work on what's there for you to work on remembering oneself means not identifying with something thus separating from it by feeling that we're different from it there is no mechanical way of self-remembering according to this work my experience is there's no mechanical way of self-remembering if it appears to be mechanical you're not seeing the conscious cause behind it which happens to us all the time every day we don't see the conscious cause behind what it is that happens to us when we become a little more aware. We just think it just happened. And it does just happen. But everything that just happens has a cause. And if we don't know the cause, all that means is we're ignorant of the cause. It doesn't mean there isn't a cause, and it doesn't mean the cause is mechanical. Ospensky was once asked, what is it that the fakir suffers years to get, and the monk weeks to get, and the yogi days to get? Understanding, was Ospensky's answer. Understanding. This is the greatest thing for us. We need understanding. Understanding would dissolve so many of our problems instantaneously. If you could understand the people around you, you would stop reacting to them the way you react to them. You would stop being negative. You would stop trying to control. You would stop oppressing. You would stop being violent with other people. Do you realize how violent you are with people in your life? You're not willing to just allow them to live out their lives. No, they have to live out their lives according to your standards, according to your requirements, so that you can be happy. And you have this all justified. Yes, well, you have to do this because I, I bought your food. Or you have to do this because you're my son or you're my daughter and I said so and I gave you life. And you didn't give anybody life. You were just messing around one day. <laughs> and life happened. And you don't know how. And if you say you do, You only know part of it, you don't know all of it. Uspensky was asked, what's the difference between desire and will? And he said, we can do what we desire, but we can't do what we do not desire. But if we do what we don't desire, this shows will. So we can do what we desire. Well, we can all go out there and do what we want. That's the easiest thing in the world. You know someone has given up as soon as they start doing what they want. Someone has given up, they've given up their aim. They've quit. And when I say given up their aim, what I really mean is they've found their true aim. They've stopped lying about their aim. See, everybody has a work aim. We all have a public work aim. It's the lie we tell everybody else. And then we have what we have in our lives. Look around. You have violence in your life. You have discord in your life. You have whatever it is you have in your life. That's your real aim. No, I didn't want discord. No, but what you chose, what you did want, brings discord. What you did want want brings violence what you did want what you really did want what you really did go after what you really did desire brought this well I wanted a kitten I wanted a kitten I didn't want a house full of fleas I understand but now I have a house full of fleas yes you do and a kitten and a vet bill a food bill and a lot of other things but I didn't expect all of that other stuff the work would say well that's because you didn't count second force (laughs) And if you don't count second force, then of course it's all a big surprise to you. What's second force? Well, that which stands in the way of you having what you want. What is that? I don't know. Tell me what you want, and I'll tell you what second force will be. He added, all self-remembering must have an element of will control. It's an act of doing. The only one we can make. Self-remembering. It's not really doing anything, really. Self-remembering, more than anything else, is not doing. What we spend our all of our lives doing is doing mechanically but self-remembering is really not doing so what happens you're upset what do you do you rant you rave you do whatever you do but what if you remember yourself then what do you do you don't do anything you don't even stay in that state you can't stay in that state because when you remember yourself you look at that state like well that's not that's not I that state's not I there's no reason for me to be there as I said once before a couple weeks ago There are different degrees or qualities of self-remembering. I woke up Saturday morning and I felt awful, physically awful. And it was very difficult not to be identified with feeling awful. I was really identified with it. My body was just pulling me into this identification with feeling awful. And I couldn't shake it. So I meditated for an hour, a little over an hour. And I came out of meditation and I still felt awful. But I didn't feel awful anymore. The body felt awful. And I was separated from it. And that's why I say meditation is practice being. You practice being without identifying. You practice being. Well, being what? I don't know. I don't know if I if I don't know what I am, how could I know how to how can I define it? I don't know. What is self remembering? What self? Which self? What self are we remembering? Well, we're remembering the self we 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 don't know. Well, what self is that? Well, that's no self. If you don't know it, then it's no self. I don't know. So then you don't know. So then it's no self. So self-remembering then becomes not self-remembering, but no self-remembering. So did you ever expect me to tell you that no self-remembering is good? (laughs) (laughs) And here you are, no self-remembering. Remembering Remembering no self, remembering the self that you've never known, that is self-remembering. And it's a state. It's not a self, it's a state. It's a state of freedom. It's a state of non-identification. It's a state of separation. It's not a self. You can't own it. You can't, put a, you can't put a shirt on it or a pair of pants on it or a dress on it. There's nothing you can do with it. And that's the thing that makes us crazy about it. Well, but, but I want to hold it. I want to keep it. But you can't because it's not yours. It's no self. It doesn't belong to anyone. It's a state. It's a state that you can get into right now. But why won't you get into it right now? You won't get into it right now because there are things you want that are not in that state. Because if you get in that state, what you want Ceases to exist because you cease to exist. Do you really cease to exist? No, you can't cease to exist because you don't exist. This construct, this acquired personality, false personality, it doesn't really exist. It's imaginary. It's an imaginary I, it's an imaginary person. If it's imaginary, it's not real. If it's not real, it doesn't exist. If it doesn't exist, how can you? It just doesn't make any sense. You see it all just, wait a second, if if I don't exist, then what is this? This is your imaginary eye. What is it that made me feel this way? Your imaginary eye. Ooh, imaginary eye doesn't sound very good. Well, think about all the good things that you felt. What made you feel that way? Imaginary eye. Oh, imaginary eye is wonderful. Well, good, bring the kitten in. Oh, no, I have a house full of fleas. Right. Imaginary eye is a cute little kitten that brings a house full of fleas and worms and ticks and whatever else. Well, I'll keep imaginary eye, I'll just get rid of all the fleas and ticks. Okay, you do that. And that is what we do with this work. That's what people do with this work. That's what the fourth way is. The fourth way is separating the kitten from the fleas. The fifth way is separating yourself from the kitten, the fleas, and everything else. Well, then you separate yourself from yourself. Yes, absolutely. Separating yourself means you no longer have any feeling of self And when you are in a state of self-remembering, in the best state of self-remembering, you're not remembering yourself. You just are. Well, who is you? I don't know. It just is. This is difficult stuff to talk about because the mind doesn't like this. The mind likes everything in little pink boxes or blue boxes or yellow boxes. It likes them and the right box, rectangular box for this, and an oval box for that, and a square box for this, and a blue box for that, and a yellow box for that, and a pink box for that. It likes everything in boxes. It likes everything tied up neatly. But that's not the way it is. It's beyond boxes. It's states, states of consciousness. It's taught in the fourth way that the only place we can interfere with the machine rightly is the first conscious shock. Self-remembering. If you start fixing your machine, suppressing negative emotions, trying to generate positive emotions, you are messing with your machine in the wrong place. The place to be messing with the machine is to give the first conscious shock. The first conscious shock being self-remembering, which is no self-remembering because you don't know the self you're remembering. You have to remember a self that you've never known. Well thanks, that's easy. I never said it would be easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. And what makes it complex is that we need complexity to support imaginary eye that 's the purpose of complexity is to support imaginary eye. The purpose of opposites is to support imaginary eye without opposites, without duality, without complexity, there can be no imaginary eye. The only way that I know that i 'm not that imaginary eye is because there 's something between this imaginary eye and that imaginary eye. Well, what is that? All of the things that we imagine. imagined. What are those things? All of the things that we think we need, the, th- the things we think we want. Well, I've got to have this. I've got to have that. I want this. I want that. This should be this way. This should be that way. Fine. Now you have just built up a very strong imaginary eye. The more powerful your aims are, the stronger your aims are, the stronger your imaginary eye is. The more requirements you have, the more imaginary eye you have. The more resistance you have, the more imaginary eye you have. We have to learn to remember ourselves in different ways. This became clear to me when I woke up and I didn't feel, my body didn't feel good, and I was identified with my body. I had to remember myself in a different way. The state I'd been living in where everything was easy, state of acceptance, was easy until something came along that was unacceptable. What was that? Well, my body doesn't feel right. Well, what is right without this pain, without this nausea, without this whatever it is? That's right. And so now I have set up imaginary eye. I've set up opposites. Do you see that mm-hmm. the minute I, I bought into that the minute that I bought into this isn't right I was hooked so it, it wasn't until I went and meditated that I could free myself from that that I could cut those ties that I could get back into the state of acceptance once I was back in the state of acceptance I knew don't mess with the body about this now the body doesn't feel well that's the body's business that's none of my business well who am I I don't know but I'm not my body so however it feels is however it feels I'm not here to determine how it feels. I'm not here to tell the body what that sensation means. It knows far better than I do. So I'll just let it take care of its own business. This means we separate from and cease to identify with something that's getting hold of us. You Learn to remember yourself in different ways. It means that when something's getting hold of you, you start to feel it, you start to sense it. You know what it is from work memory and you start to separate from it. You say, no, (laughs) I'm not willing to give up my state of acceptance. But it's not a desire. It's not a, I'm taking a stand here. It's like, no, this is not I. This has no hold over me. I don't want this. For example, you have a problem with one of your children. You want your child to behave this way, but the child doesn't behave that way. So you say, well, if you don't behave this way, then I'm going to take this away from you. The child behaves accordingly and does exactly what the child wants to do and then lies to you because the child wants to do what the child wants to do and doesn't want to have something taken away. So the child does what the child wants to do and then lies. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. But you also add to what the child didn't want to do that you also don't want the child to lie. So now there are two things. So what do you do? You add another thing you take away. Okay, so now you've given another reason to lie. Now you're going to take away this and you're going to take away that. So now you just keep adding reasons to lie. Guess what you're going to have? You're going to have a relationship with a child who lies to you. Is there any way for you to stop your child? No. Coercion, force, all of these things don't work. Why? Because a child is, unfortunately, a self developing organism, just like we are self developing organisms. So that means that they have developed by themselves, and that means that we can't coerce them or force them or make them develop. Yet, we want to do that. Not only that, we think it's our duty to do that. Not only that, but the law will get behind it and say, until a certain age, you're responsible for everything your child does. Oh, well. But the law really doesn't get to say that's all about stuff. The law is all about stuff. You know, the law is not about states of consciousness. The law is about stuff. All the law is concerned with is stuff. Whose stuff is whose? That's all the law cares about. You took that person's stuff. You broke that person's stuff. You defaced that person's stuff. You're responsible for for replacing that person's stuff. That's all the law is concerned with. It doesn't care about your state of mind. You know, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and render unto God the things that are God's. The law is the stuff. Fine, render unto. So if you've got to say to your child, look, if you do this, this is what I'm going to do. It's like, okay, the child will still lie to you. But sooner or later, because the truth always comes out, you'll find out. And when you do, you'll either do what you said you were going to do, or you'll show your child that you too are a liar. And you won't do what you said you're going to do. So if you do what you said you're going to do, then you've rendered unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Your job is to do it from a state of acceptance, from a state of self-remembering. Your job is not to do it from a state of identification. It's not to do it from that. They don't have anything to do with each other. So don't mix them. Don't mix negative emotions with stuff, because that makes this mess that we call a world. Keep your keep yourself out of the stuff. What self? No self. That's what self. The self you don't know, the self you don't know, the self you can't remember. But you can get into the state of self-remembering, which immediately brings you up higher than the stuff, than the level of stuff. What is happening is we're lifting ourselves, which really we're, we're stuck now we're lifting our consciousness let's call this call it that rather than we're lifting ourselves let's say we're lifting our consciousness above the eyes that are connected to the stuff the ordinary eyes the stream of thoughts the preoccupations the moods that we all have we will pass through a hundred of them a day thousands of thought dozens of moods we will pass through them but we don't have to be them we can be in a state of acceptance which immediately puts us outside of them while we're in them. How can that be? Well, I don't know. How can there be dust in the air? How could there be gas in the air? How could there, be... I don't know. It just is the way it is. How could you be in the air? You're in the air, you're swimming in air. That's what you're doing. You, when you move, you're swimming in air. How could that happen? How could you be where air is? Not only that, but you breathe it in, and you exhale out. And you exhale out what you didn't breathe in. And you breathe in what you didn't exhale out. And somehow it all gets sorted out. And there's nothing you have to do about it. If you had to breathe consciously, you'd be dead. That's why the first mechanical shock is breathing. Because if we, did, if we had to do it consciously, we'd be dead. Self-remembering always means a fuller state of consciousness. What does that mean, a fuller state of consciousness? It means that you are conscious of more things in that state. You are conscious of more in the state of self-remembering than you are in the second state, the state of waking sleep. Third state of consciousness, self-remembering. Second state of consciousness, waking sleep. First state of consciousness, sound asleep on your bed. If you're in a bad state, you remember yourself in one way. And then if you're in a good state, you need another way to remember yourself. And it's often more difficult if you're in a good state because we cling to the good states. And when we cling to them, we become more attached to them. And then when it goes, it pulls us with it. So we need another way to remember ourselves. The same old way doesn't always work. Don't give your full belief to your state. Whatever state you're in right now, don't give your full belief to it. Instead, give your belief to something you could be and once were but have forgotten. I believe I could be in a better state. Wow, I'm in a better state. I I don't know how that happened, but all of a sudden I just got in a better state. And I think what it was, well, I do know how it happened. What it was, it happened so fast that I'll try and explain it. It'll probably take a little while. I realized that when I said, believe you you can be in a better state, I realized that that was not accepting the state that I was in and so i thought well that doesn't make any sense so I, accept, I accepted the state i was in and as soon as i accepted the state i was in i was in a better state it was just a little fuller a little a little broader a little fuller a little richer that's all so it's just more expanded it's now not pushing this state away It it's well fine this state can be here too well fine you want to have that well fine come on in you want a house full of fleas okay great make friends with them is it possible to make friends with fleas yeah you feed them i guess possible to make friends with anything if you feed it isn't it isn't that really what we do? All of our friends aren't, aren't all of our friends and enemies. All the things that we fed, your enemies. Don't you spend more time feeding them than you do your friends? And <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. I mean, we feed these things and they stick around. We, we feed them, they stay. I heard somebody say the other day, Yo, was, he didn't want his kid coming home because could he eat he had to eat and you know all this stuff." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're still feeding him. You're feeding him yourself now. But you're not eating your food now. He's eating you. You have to see yourself apart from the person that you've become in life from your ordinary thought, your ordinary mood. Like, yes, that's what life has made this thing, but I don't have to be restrained by that and contained by that. I can accept it. Yes, this is what life made. Okay. This is what life made. This is it fine, but I don't have to go with that, but it's so compelling. I really need to tell my son what to do. I really need to tell my daughter what to do. Why? So they'll make me look good. Yes, it's all about you, isn't it? Then then fine. Then you have the kitty with the fleece. You get to tell them what to do. They get to not do it. And you get to fret, which locks you into it even more. Slowly, it's given you to see that all this is not I. We don't get it all at once. Even if you wake up, you only wake up in degrees. I'm speaking from my own experience. I have awakened a number of times but it's no good unless you can be awake in everything. So if you can if you awaken, if you get your if you get your gift, you get the okay, you get your awakening. Bing, you're awake. Okay, great. I'm awake. I know I'm awake. Now I will stay awake until something comes along that is more important than being awake. <laughs> then I will grab that. It'll go on Mr. Toad's wild ride. And the idea is if you can get awake and stay awake and appreciate being awake enough What you will eventually do is say, you know, I don't want that. And you will start passing up the things that go by with handles, little invitations on them. Take me, take me, I will give you a thrill. Because that's what we do. Take me, I will give you control. Take me, I will make you look good. Take me, I will make you feel good. It's all lies. Because the you that it makes is the you that you're trying to separate from. It's the you that you don't want to be. It's the you that doesn't really exist. So all it's offering is to patch up, to shore up the holes in the you that life made. And the holes are made by you remembering yourself, separating yourself from it, and it weakens. And it gets threadbare and worn and breaks and cracks. And then it needs you. Come back, come back. I need your food. I need your life to stay alive. And so it offers you things that it knows in the past that you have good associations with. And you buy into them. We must simply remember ourselves and stop considering. Don't believe yourself, your states. Only believe self-remembering. Self-remembering is what you can trust. What self? No self. We're all being eaten all the time by bad states, bad eyes, useless identification. Oh, but not if I'm awake, I'm not. No, the part of you that is awake is not being eaten by bad eyes, useless states, useless identification. That's true. But the part of you that's still asleep, the the part of you that you don't know about, that's still being eaten. Oh, well, if I don't know it, it's okay. And that's true. If I don't know it, it is okay. Look, if I don't know it, why should I worry about it? Why should I worry about it if I do know it? There are areas of me where I'm not awake, but I am awake. I'm awake right now. But there are areas of you where you're not awake. Yes, that's true. Okay. I can live with that. I can wake up gradually. It's all right with me. I don't have any big reaction to that. It's fine. That's fine. Awake is awake. What do I care? If it's gradual or slow or so what? What else have I got to do? But being eaten all the time and self-remembering it's not possible to be eaten all the time. See, I may be being eaten now, but I'm connected to something higher. And when you're connected to something higher, it doesn't matter what's feeding on you. It doesn't matter. It can't eat enough because what you're connected to is so much more, so much better, so much fuller that anything that is being eaten is minuscule compared to what you are receiving. Yes, so there's energy leaking somewhere that I don't know about. And that's a big problem here at the power station, not. Gurdjieff said, a man should be able to turn around around in himself. What it means to turn around in yourself is you don't stick to anything inside of yourself. You can't turn around in yourself if you stick to things in yourself. Woke up Saturday morning, the body didn't feel good. I thought I was the body. I didn't feel good. I couldn't turn around. I, I was stuck to the body. I was stuck to the body. I had to go meditate. When I meditated for a little over an hour, I came out of that. And I wasn't stuck anymore. I could, I could spin like a top inside of myself. I had balance, had movement, had equilibrium. Whew, I could just spin like a top. Nothing was holding me. I was free. That's the state. That's the place. You see it all. You see it all. You're aware of it all. But it doesn't matter because you don't have to be stuck to it. I like it. I like it a lot. Not enough to get stuck to it, but that's a problem too. We protest, things matter. Yes, things do matter. Not identifying matters more, but they—did you see what they took? They stole. Ah, ee, ooh, ah, yes, that matters, but not identifying matters most. But that's what you don't believe. You believe in the states, but I promise you, not identifying matters most. It will free you from any state, no matter how miserable and powerful, any prison, no matter how well built. Now it makes sense. Know the truth, and the truth will make you free. What's the truth? The truth is that self-remembering is more important than any state. This is where we falter. We cling to what matters, failing to see what matters today won't matter tomorrow. So what's the big event in your life? What's the big drama in your life today? (laughs) That's the big drama, right? In a hundred years, who's going to care? So then let it go. Why wait a hundred years? Let it go now. If you let it go, you will begin to just, like a balloon filled with hydrogen, just rise but I can't let it go. Can't means won't. If you won't let it go, it means you want it. If you want it, you have to stay with it. Then you're gonna be staying with it. And it's Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. It's like getting your hand caught in the rope on one of those Brahma bulls, in the Rodeo. Oh watch that, that's an ugly sight. First of all, this bull wants to kill you. It wants to get you up, but you're tied on there, your hand's stuck on there in this rope, and the bull gets you off, you're loose now, but your arm's still stuck up there. To this rope, and that bull's now dragging you around and kicking you around. Not a good idea. But you see, you bring the kitten in, and it turns into a bull, and it's a it's a raging bull. But it was such a cute little baby. Yes, it was. But now it's not. Let it go. But I can't let it go now. It has my arm. Yes. Well, that is one of the problems. It takes a little more to let it go at that point. I know this because I've said to people, I said, "Well, just let that go," and they they have all the reasons why they were not They can't. But 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 but. but they get jammed up, and they, you can see them contract. You can actually watch their face contract, their body contract. No, I won't let it go. Fine, then enjoy it. But it's not, I'm not enjoying it. Great, then let it go. No. Okay, fine, then enjoy it. I won't enjoy it, and I won't let it go. Okay, everybody's <laughs> as happy as they want to be, aren't they? Wozpenski said, A man may pass into a relative state of self-remembering without any direct effort. I like this because this is what happened to me. All he notices is that he's in an unusual state and not identified with anything. This was so weird. I wake up Sunday morning and it's like, I'm in this unusual state and I'm not identified with anything. And things come along with which to get identified. And they go, no, thank you. <laughs> no, I just laugh. And I say, no, no, I'm not going there. No, I don't want to do that. People would say things to me that normally would get me to be in the drama and identify. And say, no, and I just laugh, no, and walk away. No. The whole of life and its care is dropped away, and yet he sees everything very clearly. It's exactly the state. This is exactly what it was like. Everything, all the cares of life, like, yes, so what? They were gone. They're still gone. So what? But what about the stuff that matters? What about it? It can matter without me riding it around like a bull. It can matter without me picking it up and holding it close. We want. We can have what we want as long as we don't identify with it to identify is to cease to remember. The truth is is that your normal state is a state of self-remembering. It's the state that we can't talk about. It's the state of non-identification. But then we identify and it brings us out of that state. So if you're out of the state of self-remembering, it's not because self-remembering is hard. It's because identifying takes you out of the state. Well, how hard is it to stop identifying? It's not hard at all when you don't want to identify. When is it hard? When you want to identify. If you don't want to identify, it's easy to stop identifying. We want. All you have to do is remember yourself. If you think this is giving up yourself, you're giving up of yourself, you're wrong. This is not giving up of yourself. It's finding yourself by losing what you took to be yourself. All this crap that we are. See, all this crap in life, the war, death, accidents, all this stealing and lying and cheating and murdering and all that stuff. You see all that stuff in life? That's the crap that we get by thinking that we are what life made. What you get by remembering that you are not that is you get to look at all that and not be it. Well, but don't you feel bad when you look at it? Well, if I do, I stop identifying with it because that's the only thing that can make me feel bad about it because there's nothing I can do about it because it is the way it is. Oh, but one person can do so much. Your donation of just $15 a month can feed all of these children. Oh, well, in that case, here's however much it takes to feed the whole world. And is the whole world fit? No. Why? Because the poor will be with you always. Why? Because that's what it's like here. Why? Because people identify. Why? Because they want what they want. Why? You tell me. You want what you want. You tell me why you want what you want, and why you're willing to give up your sovereignty, your freedom to have it. You tell me. I don't. I don't know. Try to remember yourself. Don't just think and talk about it. If you can't remember yourself, I can't remember myself. I just cannot remember myself. This whole thing just has me by the throat. Okay, fine. Then try to stop your thoughts. Try to separate from the inner state in this moment. Just try and separate from it. You can still have it. You can still be angry. You can still be self-righteous. You can still be the raging jackass that you are. Just Try to separate from it. Just in this moment, just try to separate from it. Yes, I see that I'm a raging jackass, a justified raging jackass, self-righteous raging jackass. And just let that be there. Just look at it. Just let that be there. Don't do anything about it. Just stop right there. Just don't do anything about it. Regard it as of no consequence and not you. Somebody told me something this morning. Well, this happened. And I said, "And, and you don't want that person to do that? He said, no, I would prefer they didn't. I said, okay, well, preferring they didn't and not wanting them to is different you prefer they didn't and they did, then oh, well, they did. But if you really wanted them not to and they did, then you'll feel something more. You're hooked more. Lying about the words, saying, oh, I prefer, instead of, no, I don't want that. I want this. Lying about it doesn't change anything. You still get what you get. You bring the kitten into the house and you say the kitten doesn't have fleas. You still get what you get. Just because you say the kitten doesn't have fleas doesn't make the fleas go away. Regardless of no consequence. And not you. This is of no consequence. What does it matter to me? Look, what does it matter to me? What it matters to you, then you have to see what it matters to you. I'll look bad. People will think I'm not a good father. People will think I'm not a good mother. People will think, people will think, people will think, whatever they want to think. What's that got to do with me? It's of no consequence to me what people think. Well, what if they think that you're a serial killer and they put you in jail? I'm not in jail. But if that happens, I'll deal with it if it ever happens. What are the chances of that happening? I've already wasted too much time and energy on that, and that's what we do with all of our lives. If you regard it as of no consequence and not you, this may open something. It may lift something up to the third state. We do and we do and we do, proving over and over again that we cannot do. Then in a moment, we're gifted as if we step through a door. You wake up one morning and you're like, wow, this is a really cool state. <laughs> I like this. And then you get another gift. Who's at the door? Oh, it's your body telling you it doesn't feel well this morning. Here's the package. It has your name on it. And you take the package and now you don't feel well. Oh, man, what happened to my state? It was so good. Now I feel crappy. Oh, it's my body. Oh, I got to get rid of this. I better go take some drugs. I better go to the doctor. I better go do this. I better go do that. And of course, all you're doing is just jamming yourself on it even more. And what you need to do is just, when you hear that, No one's home. The lights are on, but no one's home. I'm on vacation. I'm not doing that. You will lose friends, yes. You will lose friends. I've lost friends. I will lose more friends. Okay, that's the price. I can accept that. The linchpin of this work is the practical application of the ideas shared in the podcasts. If you'll go to solidrockvista.com, to the thoughts page, I've written a number of articles that will help you to practice the principles that we're sharing with you in the podcasts.